Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today on the program, we'll be speaking to Master Robert Stone, Bobby Stone, the Taekwondo National Chairperson for AAU Taekwondo. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today's program is part of a series of programs and articles that we have been featuring, trying to clarify not so much the art of Taekwondo, but the management of Taekwondo around the world. We did a program on the Kukiwan, and we've done several other programs of a similar nature. We've had numbers of questions and our conversations with our readers and, and people that we've come in contact with, where there's a little bit of a confused, some confusion as to the role of AAU and AAU Taekwondo. How does it compare to, is it a competitor or is it a companion to USAT Taekwondo? Is it a certifying agency or a sports agency? And is there a benefit for members or clubs to be members of AAU? I reached out to AAU through their Facebook page and they immediately responded. And within a day or two, I set up an interview with Bobby Stone. He was extremely inviting. I think that this program will be extremely um, helpful to people to understand the role of AAU Taekwondo and AAU in general. Bobby Stone, in addition to being uh, the national chair for AAU Taekwondo, is a seventh Don Taekwondo master under the Kukiwan, as well as AAU. He is trained in multiple martial arts. He is a family man and a dojang owner. And I think that he provided us with a very clear and helpful and succinct look at AAU Taekwondo. I hope you enjoy this. Great. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you doing? So, so thank you for speaking to me. My name is Mark. And, Don't uh, worry. I'm Bobby. Uh, we ha- we haven't spoken before, but I am. So just to give you a real quick. So I am a third Don black belt under the Cookie One. Okay. Um, as well as I'm a D1 certified USAT referee and the editor in chief of uh, Taekwondo Life Magazine, which is we're print and digital for about four years. We're going into our fourth year. Okay. Um, and, you know, we cover we cover all styles of Taekwondo. We are centered in, you know, I'm, I'm Kukiwan and WTF, and, sure. and that's where most, a, a lot of the stories come. But we, 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 we transcend that. But so, you know, we've, we've crossed paths more and more uh, with the AAU Taekwondo, the Dojang that I am affiliated with, which is the YH Park. Taekwondo Dojang in Levittown is is or was in the process of becoming affiliated with AAU right before the entire world fell apart in, right. in March. <laughs> so we've been running a series of uh, programs on trying to clarify because I think there's a lot of confusion for a lot of people about different aspects of Taekwondo. So we did a program sure. on what is what is the Kukiwan, what is the World Taekwondo Federation, and I'd like to you know just get some more information for our 
readers, our, our listeners, to on on what is AAU Taekwondo? You know, what does it mean? You know, a little bit of history and and you know how they can find out more about it. So that was sure. sort of the, the impetus for reaching out. So now I didn't know if this is a good time to have that conversation, or you wanted to schedule it for another time. It's completely up to you. And and you know, I um, take well, I'm happy time. to go through. If you have a series of questions, or if you're looking for like a formulated sure. group of things, um, no. uh, I'm happy to go through it. And if there's more information you need or whatever, um, okay. You know, I've been. Um, you know, just a little bit about me. I got involved sure. with AU Taekwondo when I was, uh, when it came back in in 92. And I was a kid at that point and an athlete. Um, and that kind of led to the progression of athlete to, you know, coaching my own students to, to, to some small extent, really, more as a referee through the whole period, uh, on the district chair, regional chair, executive committee member. And then I ran for the national office and won that. Two years ago. Okay. So I've been national chair for the last two years, and um, that's kind of my brief history as far as my rank. I'm seventh degree Kuki Wan, and I'm uh, eighth degree Mutaquan, and okay. uh, seventh on in AU Taekwondo as well. Uh, oh, wonderful. Some other rank in uh, uh, karate system, Gojishori, uh, open hand system and weapon system, but that's it. So I'm martial arts, a martial artist myself. I'm not a biz, uh, well, I am a business guy. I have my own martial arts school in Decula, Georgia right outside of Atlanta, okay. and uh, uh, we have a multi-sport complex where we do gymnastics, cheerleading, dance, martial arts, and a bunch of other things, and I've done that for the past 16 years uh, also. So um, that's my unique perspective that I think I bring to the organization, and just having been with it since its inception back into the AAU, uh, I'm not sure, you know, um, you know, USTU broke out of AAU because they were kicked out of a uh, Taekwondo was kicked out of the AAU when they had the whole governing uh, Ted uh, Stevens Sports Act and everything split up, you know. And so it was went into USTU and then now, which is eventually USA Taekwondo. From that perspective, I know less about that other than what I just uh, – uh, what I know about that is sure what I probably just told you, not much. But there's a lot of knowledge out there and history in there that, you know, that uh, I could help you find if you can't find it. But that's just the general of where it is. My predecessor, Mike Friello, was in my role for that time frame from 92 to when I uh, ran against him in 18. And so there you go. There's a general history of me. (laughs) That's perfect. That's great. And that's always a great place to start. Yeah. So I think that for the perspective of my the people that I'm, the audience that I'm targeting. The sure. first thing is they, they sort of, I think the first question they would have, believe it or not, is as basic as what is AAU? So AAU, what is AAU and, and what is AAU Taekwondo? Sure. Because, you know, again, from the perspective, you know, I, I always see that there's tremendous confusion among practitioners and say, oh, you know, what, what, you know, they don't understand, you know, people that are, that are a little bit more, um, you know, involved in these things, they understand what is, you know, right. WTF, what is the kooky one? What is but other people it's just Taekwondo to them. So they don't they, they don't understand what AAU does and what it specifically is AAU Taekwondo. So if you can just give me a brief something so for that. Briefly on that. AAU, the amateur athletic union, is the largest and the oldest amateur sports athlete, uh union in the country, right? I believe it's eighteen forty two, but um we encompass forty the AAU in general encompasses uh, over 40 sports, you know, varying from taekwondo to basketball to volleyball to swimming to uh, wrestling, everything, right? So we are part of a larger group of sports that uh, is, you know, run throughout the country. And, again, taekwondo 
we have about uh, you know, last year we had almost 15,000 members in a Taekwondo. But um, to put it in perspective, uh, volleyball has about 800,000 members. So we're a smaller part of the AU, but we uh, do derive a lot of benefits from being part of that larger organization and how that how we fit into that puzzle and that and that bigger piece. So in in general, that AAU is a, a, a history of youth sports and um, amateur sports, you know, uh, because there is a big adult portion to that as well. As far as AAU Taekwondo, you know, what we do, is, which may be a little bit different, I think if you look at the two uh, major organizations uh, in the country, which would be USA Taekwondo and us, I mean, there's a couple other ones that are smaller, you know, that have others, and I'm not discounting any of them, but if you look at our size we're very similar, USA and AAU. We also service a lot of the same clients. And in fact, many of our people are going back and forth. And my hope always has been to increase that number to where we're working more together because I see the AAU's path for the Olympic-style athlete as being, we always look at our program as being the, re, the true grassroots program. We're in, right now, we have about 41, uh, 40, 40 something, about 40 districts that we operate. In difference to the state, like a district for AAU may be uh, Tennessee and Alabama, right? That might be a district. The lines are drawn sort of weird. So we're not represented in every single state, but we're represented in almost every single state. And sometimes when you hear 40, you think, okay, we're missing nine or whatever. We're not really missing it. But Texas may have four. You know, the, the division's been – Florida has two, that kind of thing. So it's, it's – we're, we're sparse around and we're running uh, successful events all around the country, and uh, we're doing a lot with that. Also, what differentiates us probably from um, USA is we don't we have point sparring as part of our organization, uh, and USA does not. Uh, it is a smaller portion by far uh, of what we do, um, but it is uh, it is an integral part of what we do. And then also in our Pumse, our patterns competition, we're going to have traditional and sport as opposed to just sport, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. No, it makes, per- makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, so, so ta- well, well, I was going to say, so we are going to be recognizing in AAU, we recognize all three major styles, ITF, WTF, and Tong Sudo. So when you come into that traditional Pumse category, there are all three of those are there and available, right? So you can compete in ITF, Tong Sudo, WTF, and then we come back and we compete against each other with those as well. Then we have our Sport Pumse, which is uh, newer for us, uh, which we've been working on the last couple of years. And that program is straight WT rules as well. Okay. So for the competition side, I think you're going to see our Olympic style sparring and our Sport Pumse will mirror almost identically uh, to what you're going to see at USA uh, or WT rules, right? We're going to almost be identical. And then um, we're just, again, USA Taekwondo to me is there because they're supposed to select an Olympic team and they're supposed to win gold medals. And they've got a very specific, and this is my interpretation of it, not anybody else's. So, but my God, when I look at them, I think of them being a very specific group of people that they're our group, our, uh, my focus is to create that uh, environment where we can uh, help athletes ascend to there. Right. So we have a national team and, you know, Last year, we made it to Canada and to the U.S. Open. We were supposed to be going down. We were supposed to go back to Mexico, but that got moved. Then we were supposed to go to um, Costa Rica. That got moved. So it was a crazy year. But we do have a national team that we take around, and we do a lot of uh, wonderful things with, and they are fully funded in the sense of 
they're provided some to all funding for the event. It just varies on which event they're going to and how that works. But we do try to give back as much as we possibly can to that group of athletes. And uh, because I do look at us as primarily that developmental group. We're trying to develop these kids. And many of our kids, again, some of our kids are on both the USA team and the AAU team at some time. Some of them are, um, you know, they, they've ascended, they've gotten through the AAU, and then they're ready. They're, they're, they're USA athletes, and they're out there competing on a regular basis. So that would be where we're going. I've tried to work really hard over the last couple of years to develop a better relationship with USA Taekwondo. So we're all working together more, trying to stay off of each other's events and that kind of stuff. That's great in terms of scheduling. Okay, that's, that's perfect. So I'm going to ask you like a series of, of sure. questions that I think will help to clarify some confusion that I hear from our people. So okay. I, I know the answer to this. It seems evident from what you've said, but I just want to be clear because I think people don't always understand this. If you're a, a member of AAU Taekwondo, that is not a belt certifying uh, organization. It does not issue belts. It does not issue ranks or, or black belt ranks, correct? We have a Don certification program, but it's not the essential part of what we do. So if you oh, want you to, we do have a Don certification program. So you can get AAU rank. And of course, I'm seventh with AAU and seventh with Cookie One. It is not, it's a national certification. It's not an international certification. Uh, and we've been working with um, Cookie One over the last couple of, well, we're working hard. I was supposed to be in Korea to go meet with the new president, but you know, you know what's happened sure. over the last thing. So it is, a, it, it is an avenue that we're exploring trying to there. We've had a Don certification program for 15 years uh, where we do, um, again, ITF, WTF, Untung Sudo. So we're going to do all three. It's just a national certification as opposed to. So there is that piece of it there for, if, if that's something people are looking for. That's great. That's, that's great to know. So tell me about for somebody who is essentially what is your demographic in terms of uh, if I'm the, you know, 50-year-old 50, 50 Taekwondo practitioner in a, in a dojang who is not essentially someone who is in that competitive um, Olympic, you know, track, is there something for me in, in, in AAU as a, uh, as a member of AAU or as a competitor AAU, or is that sure. or is it sort of outside of the realm of, of what is beneficial to me? No, I think um, we definitely have a large group of there. We actually, if you're, if you're a competitor in the sense of uh, Olympic sparring, we actually have an ultra team. Uh, and a, an executive team for those guys that want to do that, and we're going to be uh, working with them. We'd actually just come on to bring in the group with uh, uh, Master Lee out of Texas. Anyway, we're no working on that group. Also, um, our Pumse team, again, we have ultra executives uh, in there, and, of course, their divisions are a little bit different as far as they're over this, over that. You probably know more about that than me. And then, um, again, same thing. Every every group of uh, every age group has competition there for that. I mean, AAU at its core is a event based organization where they are charged to do with events. That being said, there's another piece to what we provide club owners, which is if their members are members of the, if their members the club members are members of the AAU. We also provide an insurance for them, a liability and sports accident insurance as part of that, which then that would be a benefit to the club member if they were part of that club. That's great. So that leads, that's a great lead into the next question, which is, again, um, in terms of uh, trying to flesh all of this out, the types of memberships for Taekwondo practitioners, which is largely going to be the people that our audience is going to be targeting, are there are club memberships and there are athlete memberships. 
there's probably other additional membership right official and things like that. But is that am I correct in saying that the clubs can become members of AAU and individual athletes? And is there an overlap? In other words, if my club is is a member, do I then not need to be an individual member because uh, to my club is perhaps the one that's going to be involved in the event? How does that work? So um, yes, clubs clubs can be members, and we encourage that, and we're trying to grow that base. But it's not a requirement for the individual nor is the club membership a requirement for the individual either work. So you can individually be part of AAU or you can your club can be part of AAU, but they're not mutually exclusive. Like one doesn't have to happen for the other. If the club wants the benefit of the insurance, then their entire uh, membership would have to be members of AAU because then you're covering, because then your regular classes now become covered by the AAU insurance. But they all have to be members in order for that to occur. Perfect. If that makes Perfect. sense. <laughs> no, it does. It, it, it absolutely. And that's, I assume that that is a, an annual renewable type uh, membership similar to probably becoming a member of a USAT. It is. It is. Very good. You, I just wanted to repeat so that we, we could get it clear. So that's, an, that's like an annual renewable membership. Correct. And this past year, I believe our youth membership is $16 and I believe our adult membership is 24 So it's and the uh, it's not quite the um, the expense that it, it is on the other side. And, sure. Uh, if we go back, it was 16 and 24, which certainly is is extremely reasonable for anyone for for the value of what you get and the opportunity. It's certainly a reasonable um, membership. You, you were saying where the membership fees go in terms of what right. it funds. The, the, those membership fees fund the AAU general fund that then uh, give us lots of opportunity. And it's not that we don't get a direct benefit from them, because we do. We have all the staff that, that are at our disposal. And then that's also what funds the insurance and all that other stuff. The sport itself does not derive any income from that piece. So that membership, while it, uh, while it provides benefit in the general sense of what AAU does, uh, all the uh, additional benefits and things that are, are helpful to the organization, there's not a direct like so, if you pay sixteen dollars, I don't get four of it, you know, or something like sure. that. Sure, it all goes into general fund, if that makes sense. So everything that we do, all of the uh, um, benefits that we provide our national teams, uh, and we have national teams again for sport pumse, we have them for uh, point sparring and Olympic sparring, um, and those uh, how there are directly um, the events that we are able to provide these athletes are directly based off of our revenues that we generate during the year from other events. That's great. That's very helpful. So tell me about, like, from an officiating standpoint, again, I had mentioned to you that I'm a, a certified D1 Karugi and Pumse USAT certified referee, and you have numbers of referees and officials and m- masters. And how does that play into the structure of your events and um, the, the the rule set that you um, that utilize? I, I had seen somewhere when I took one of the referee seminars that uh, many of the rules for uh, refereeing uh, barring is very very similar between AAU and uh, USAT. And I saw, but where do where do those where do those officiating? Uh, what is the officiating body there? How does that work? Uh, wh- where do your officials come from? Is that all self-contained or is there crossover there? Um, there is more and more and more and more and more crossover, uh, and I think myself and uh, you'd have to talk to Steve McNally, but I know that we're both trying to encourage that as opposed to, um, you know, discourage it. I believe that, you know, a good referee is a good referee, and they just need to know that the tools that they have to work with and the rules that they're following under. So if 
you know, if we have an AAU event and then there's a USAT event and they can both do both, I think it's phenomenal to spread that around and uh, just more experience. The best referee, and this comes from, again, I was a, for us, what we would, a double-A referee. Um, I refereed for 30, almost 30 years, and it's, it is my base of where I come from in the sense of a management perspective. I think that you need, you know, you need, you need two things to really run a good event, and that's athletes and referees. Don't get me wrong. I think coaches are essential because they produce that, um, that quality athlete. And I think uh, that administrators are essential because they produce a quality event. But if you, ha- if you don't have athletes, you don't have referees, then you've got, you got no event. You know, so um, those other two pieces are pieces that are, 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 you know, again, essential. And I don't want to take anything away from them or it come out like, oh, Bobby doesn't care about this. No, they're, they're essential. But I do know that uh, referees and athletes are, are things that there is no event if you don't have either of those pieces. And, uh, you know, so I think that what we do as referees in AAU is for the Olympic sparring and the um, for Punce, again, the rules are almost identical. I think um, Olympic sparring, um, the only real difference is we allow head contact at all ages. Okay. I think that's the only thing that's left. And it's, uh, we have a, you know, just like you guys, I think they're called the youth safety rules now. And, you know, it's funny. I haven't refereed in two years because once I took over as national chair, it didn't really matter. Sure. That was the ending of the referee career. But um, so some of it like blurs to me very quickly. You wouldn't think it would, but it does. But I think y'all changed over to youth safety rules as opposed to junior safety rules. But whatever, it's the same. Uh, those rules are exactly the same. We just allow them to come all the way through at all ranks. So you can be a you know, yellow belt five-year-old and have a light contact to the head and it score. That's not uh, true on the other side. Um, and that's been that way ever since I've been in it. Uh, as an athlete, as a, uh, uh, a referee, and, and, and uh, now as an administrator. That's the way it is. Our organization, ha- uh, the rule has come up to change it several times, and every time it gets shot down, people want that um, from our organization. So that's the only, uh, I think, uh, off the top of my head. Now, WT, I don't think they've changed any rules this year. Sometimes they get ahead of us. You know, they change them nonstop. And sure. we're behind that curve sometimes because we have a process which we go through a process uh, about this time of year every year. Then we have the voting process to change those rules, and that's how that's done. So if there's an interim change between here and there, unless it fundamentally changes competition, we will wait to see what happens because frequently they will change it and then change it back. That, that, that's, I think USAT is very similar. They're usually not 100%. They're reviewing those changes that are generally made by the um, by WTF for, for those purposes. So that makes a lot of sure. sense. So, all right, a, a couple more. I, won't, I mean, I really appreciate your, your, your time. It's been very, very helpful. Yeah. I think it's important for our guys to, um, to understand exactly what, you know, what the AAU is and, and what it offers. Tell me in terms of just from a mindset standpoint, because, you know, uh, in all the years of, of my practicing, and, and you understand this because you're, uh, you have a kooky one background, and I've been in a very traditional dojang, and while there is a, a tremendous element of sport, Taekwondo is a big part of, of what we do, uh, I've always considered myself a martial artist first, and I think that the, the, the group that I've tended to associate with, for the most part, we consider ourselves martial artists first and athletes second. And, and I interview a lot of the USAT athletes and ask them that question, and it varies. What's your perspective on the um, from the USAT in terms of the 
the, the conduct of, of the, the individuals and the mindset, it, do you feel that even though it's a sport organization, essentially, that it is uh, essentially still um, uh, imbued with that martial artist mentality in terms of the way that the organization and the people that participate conduct themselves? Well, I mean, <laughs> that could be a loaded question. So I'll, I, I'll, I'll answer it like this. I think everybody in our organization are all school owners, they're all martial artists, they all have rank, they all have, but our charge is so different from theirs. And I don't, and I mean that in a good way. I think USA sure. fundamentally has one job. It is a sport taekwondo. I mean, that's what it is. For sure. Sport, sport, sport. So if they, I'm trying to think of the proper way to say this, if, if, if it's less of a, less of martial arts of what you and I think of it is, which is getting in there and working at, you know, like, I think martial arts is the only sport you can do your entire life. I mean, as far sure. as I can tell, I've never seen sure. you can always adjust and you can always change and you can still be effective. Um, that's not true of any other sport that I'm aware of. You can't be effective, you know, in the same way that you can. Uh, and in fact, I would say that um, true martial artists, if they evolve with their bodies evolve with their art, then they, there's no reason that every year they're not more effective than they were last year. No, they might not be able to kick as high or break as da, 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 but effectiveness, uh, where we hit, how we hit, what we do, that, that always should improve. I mean, because it's just knowledge. We're always gaining that knowledge. From a sport perspective, you know, USA versus AAU, I mean, I just really can't speak to it in the sense of, again, I'll just say that our organization is run by martial artists. Every, everybody uh, in, in any position in our organization has a martial arts background. We are, you know, we all have rank. We all care. We all run schools. We all, this is our love. It is our passion. It is our joy. We do this for this. Do we love the sport? Yeah. It's the sport, though. There is a difference. Sure, sure. Um, I think, I, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I think that you're, you, 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 you really hit on it. I think my question was coming from, and I wasn't trying to, to set you up with it. Is I, I interviewed uh, Dr. Sherry, Sherry Lachone, who, um, if you're familiar with her, she does a, a lot of the uh, medical work for a lot of the uh, for USA. Yeah, she was, she and, was supposed to be coming down with us to uh, Costa Rica. And, absolutely, um, and, absolutely. And it all got canceled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but she works with a lot of sports. And I asked her, you know, her love is she has a great love. She's not a Taekwondo. She is a uh, a Taekwondo practitioner, but she hasn't been a serious lifelong Taekwondo practitioner. But she had expressed to me that in all the sports that she has that she works with, working with Taekwondo athletes for her is probably among the most enjoyable because they're among the most respectful, even though they're athletes, among the most respectful and kind because of the fact that they're sort of again not everyone but they have this martial arts uh uh training for the most part yeah, there are some folks that train in a garage only and don't come out of a dojang but most of them come out of some sort of a traditional martial arts that for her working with martial arts athletes is significantly a more positive experience for her as it relates to dealing with athletes athlete egos and things of that nature and i was just wondering if you got that sense from aau that that same that same uh, mentality pulls through but but again you're saying to me that most of those people are coming from they're either coming out of taekwondo schools or dojangs or some sort of a another certified background so yeah i think again i think your question is it, it, precise in that point that yes aau is is there it is that and again i think it is ingrained um do we have sports taekwondo athletes that come in that it's not there and you go excuse me 
of course. <laughs> you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, and but I think because we're still in a sense that the majority are still coming from that background, like what you said, the majority of uh, at least what I experience are still coming from a martial arts background, and um, you know, and they're they're the it's still the exception, not the rule, that even sport taekwondo athletes um, come from that. That uh, those who don't quickly figure it out because gotcha. they're, they're they're able to follow the the lead, if you will. Um, you know, our our and I can't you know our national coaches. Um, you know, it's uh, Juan Moreno and Jimmy Kim and sure. um, Gianni Giambi and uh, Toby Oliver and uh, Michelle Smith and Christina Bailey. Um, these are athletes that have, you know, their accomplishments and, and their lives are so much grander um, than, than, than what I, where I come from in the particular sport world. But these guys are so respectful and they come from that art that I think particularly with our sport taekwondo, they are an example, again, um, those those guys, and they hold up that example. And so I, I think it's really living and thriving for us. I can't, again, I can't really speak to the other side because I, I, I'm working with them, but I don't, I, it, it is different sure. a little bit because, um, again, I, their charge is so different from ours. Uh, you know, I, I look at our organization as our teams in, pers- in particular and say, it is not important to me to know how, I mean, I'm happy when they win and they get all these gold medals, but that's not essential. Uh, my, my essential job, I think for us, I, I say it over and over, if there's one thing I want people to realize about AU Taekwondo, particularly in the sport world, is that what we're trying to do is to create an environment of integrity that provides athletes with opportunities to fulfill their dreams and inspires others to follow theirs. So if we can create an environment that has integrity and that provides athletes opportunities um, that they wouldn't otherwise have through their own regular organization, and then it inspires other people to do that, then I think we've done the right, what, what we're charged to do. Medals are medals. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, that's just, you know, that stuff that their school, their school is responsible for that, right? Their, their individual coach goes there. We show up, we bring talented athletes, and we give them an opportunity. Now, Go out there and make it. That's all we can, you know, that's what we do. That's our charge. USA, they're responsible for gold medal. If they're not winning, then they have a problem, right? That's just not my goal. I feel like if I start to take responsibility for gold medals, then I have to take responsibility for them failing, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take responsibility for creating opportunity to create, give them this environment where they do come and they feel like martial artists, that integrity that we expect. I expect it. It is. It, 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 there's not a question of whether it's there or it's not. Um, it, it's it's required. If, if if you can't provide that, then you're in the wrong place. Um, so I don't know. That may have been a, a very con, you know. No, that was a phenomenal. That's a, that, no. That that you you really fleshed it out in a way that I think people can really understand uh, the role and the distinction. So I think that was great. And I'm going to ask you just one one or two questions in in the interest sure. of time. And yep. one is that we're you know certainly it would be remiss of me to not ask, uh, being the times that we're in, uh, you're a national organization, and uh, very uh, different parts of the country right now are dealing very differently with coming out of this uh, pandemic that we're dealing with. What is the current state 
and where is where is your operation going in terms of uh, scheduling events and things of that nature, and in terms of whatever adjustments or changes are going to be made in terms of the conduct of those events? Obviously, I know there's probably not so much specifics you can share, but from a general standpoint, what are you seeing now in, you know, we're, we're talking now uh, in the first week of June, you know, what does the rest of the year look like for, for, for your, you sure. and for the tournaments and things of that nature, as far as you can tell? And I appreciate you asking, actually. Again, one of our benefits for being part of AAU is we have a relationship with Disney. And, uh, in fact, our headquarters is on Disney property. Disney gives the building to AAU Taekwondo, or AAU uh, Taekwondo. So we have an intimate relationship with them. Within that, we were able, we were supposed to have our national event this year in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. And, uh, and then, so we moved that event. Um, we were able to, in a very, within a couple of weeks, move that event from Las Vegas in July to October at the uh, the arena in Walt Disney World. So um, we're excited about that. As far as specific rules, I mean, we're looking at a lot of different things at this point. Uh, but those, you know, it's like you get, I, I, like everybody's dealing, one second's one way. You, you blink sure. and it's a different way. And you blink, it's a different way. And you blink, it's a different way. So we're being very careful. We're going to follow whatever protocol they require. Um, you know, uh, particularly with Walt Disney World. I'm excited that it looks like the NBA is going to be uh, running their event. Uh, they're going to be running the final, the remainder of their season in the same arena that we'll be competing in later on in October. They're going to be doing that, look, looks like, in uh, July and August, maybe a little into September. So they, it'll be nice to follow the NBA uh, because whatever sure. protocols they are, they're doing, we would imagine that, you know, Disney is going to be able to provide a lot of that. And they're able to provide that venue to us and uh and that and that caliber of uh safety for our athletes and we're super excited to, about doing that there that, that's wonderful that's wonderful so the, the last question i'm going to ask you and again i i i'm going to follow all this up in, in in links uh to the article is for those folks and those club owners or individual athletes that are looking to find out more about um aau taekwondo is the best place the website uh aautaekwondo.org yeah. or is there another uh, our Facebook page, show. our Facebook page also, I drive everything in through there. The website is what it is. Uh, I'm kind of limited because it's, um, there's a lot of information on there, but sometimes it can be difficult to find because I have to follow a certain format that's for all AAU. So uh, I would direct people to the website and to our Facebook page to so post everything on there and we're super available. I mean, if somebody asks a question, normally we're responding within, you know, minutes and whatnot. Uh, we try to be super proactive and, um, you know, customer friendly. And you are, and, and, and as a test, as a testimony, this is the first time that you and I have spoken, but I, that's actually how I contacted you, right? I contacted you guys through your Facebook page and, uh, someone immediately got back to me and, and directed me to, and, and within a matter oh, of a couple of days, we're, we're doing this conversation. So I can attest to the fact that that is that, that you, your, your goal of somebody getting back to you quickly through your Facebook page has been, uh, effectuated. So. Master Robert Stone or Bobby Stone, as you prefer to be called, I thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, it is important to me. It's important. We have a, a large audience, and I think that, you know, my experience is that I sometimes presume that people understand all of the uh, the organizations that, that, that are involved in, in sport and, uh, and outside of sport for Taekwondo. And the more I discover is that people, there's a lot of confusion. So what we've been trying to do is really try to uh, – clarify that through speaking to folks like you and i think you did a great job painting a picture of the role of aau and the mission of aau and 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 what people can expect so um i, I really well, thank I appreciate you the, the time, time to talk to us today you've got my cell number if you have any other questions and again 
like I said, if there's one thing that uh, people, you know, derive from anything that when I'm trying to say something to the public about what it is, it really is that we're trying to create this environment, these opportunities, and inspire other people through those. And so, um, you know, I, I keep honing back. It's just an environment of integrity, uh, opportunities, and, um, you know, and inspiring others to follow their dreams through those. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm happy to at any time to talk with you, and I appreciate it. And you're up in New York, and you guys are in our thoughts and prayers all the time. I love New York City. Uh, I'm there quite frequently, uh, and I'm just kind of heartbroken about everything that's going on there. So uh, just know, on a side note, um, thank you. That's important, you and, and, and we know from and we know from the and we've we've received wonderful, uh, supportive uh, uh, feedback and and from people all over the country and all over the world. And I look forward to uh, crossing paths with you at one of the events, and either either here or or outside of it. And, and I thank you so much. And I'll send you a follow up email with um, some information that will tie tie up some loose ends on it. And if anything else comes, I'll shoot you an email. But thank you so much, and and all the best. And I look forward to as you do getting back into the arena and and and, and spreading our legs a little bit. Yes, sir. Take care. Bye bye. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.